This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Man, what's going on, world? It's your boy, George Lee, a.k.a. Conscious Lee. Don't forget the Lee. Yeah. You know, and y'all know who I'm with. It's your girl, Toya G. You already know what it is. You already know how we gonna do it. Thank y'all for tuning in this late to the chop up. Who else is with us? Yeah, it's your boy, Damo, the political plug. We in here. It's late edition. You know what I'm saying? I really appreciate y'all for joining us. We got the boy G Lee here on location. On location in uh, Southern California. In Southern California. Yeah. To show our respect, pay our tribute, see what I'm saying, to losing a soldier. You feel me? A real one. Definitely. The boy Nipsey Hustle. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you right, know. Right, right. Hey man. I, hey, so so at at this point, I know everybody has seen on their timeline a whole bunch of different dialogue concerning conspiracy theories, concerning snitching, concerning homophobia, uh, homophobia concerning buying back the block, concerning economics, concerning a whole bunch of stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we're going to just try to parse through that and give y'all a little nuanced perspective lens mm -hmm. to kind of, you know what I mean, talk about this shit through, you feel me? Because yeah. everybody been impacted. More importantly, we really trying to hear from y'all, so make sure y'all in the comments, even if it's a R.I.P. nip, you know, it's never a bad time to drop that logic and drop that news. It's right, been a whole right. lot of back and forth about, you know, not even a lot of back and forth, because to me, a lot of people have straight up agreed that this is our generation's Tupac. All of us was real young when we lost yeah, Pac, right? right? And so, to hear somebody who was self-proclaimed, and it's a lot of people to say, I'm the greatest uh, rapper alive, I'm the GOAT, I'm this, I'm that, mm -hmm. but to hear him boost himself with that accolade and back it up, and Back really be that, you know, that person. Yeah. I think it's no debate or no dispute. I wanted to go ahead before we got into kind of some of the nuances in the conversation uh, and drop this Nipsey Hussle quote. And I shared it, I think, on my IG or something like that because it really, it spoke volumes to me just about the truth of how he moved. And it's very simple. He said, I taught all my niggas how to fish. Some caught more than others. Some said they'd rather be fed. Some passed me up in the process. But at the end of it all, I know I ain't hide the game for my people and I'm real for that. And I agree 1,000%. Yeah. Shout Man. out to Nipsey Hussle. Hey, 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 we can start off more lighthearted. Yeah. Did y'all catch that future try to... y'all catch that? No. I know you caught it, Damo. You didn't catch that future try to compare yourself to Nipsey Hussle? Hey, so in this same tweet that you had right here, yeah. it went viral. Young Scooter, a rapper from, you know what I'm saying, Atlanta had shared this tweet. And Future had commented on that thing. Like, uh, yeah, uh, we... You know what I'm saying? Gotta us. do more of this us. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. This, that, and the other. He's like, we need more like us. Yeah, They yeah, lit yeah. his ass up Thank in the comment section. Thank you. you can't like, take care of your children. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's you can't take care of your children. How you and they talk about us. Like, us. The us. soldier boy. Yeah, like, they hit you with the soldier boy. You know, like, so uh, hey, <laughs> I, think, I think rapping about, you know what I'm saying, getting on your women's and I just fuck this bitch in the Gucci flip-flops and Molly Percocets. You feel me? It was some cool stuff to jam, man, but it's nothing like marathon, nothing like, you you know what I'm saying? Hey, that money hustle. I mean, I mean, and, and it's, it's we don't even got to talk the music, right? Like, just on the standpoint of, like, what y'all represent, you feel me? Like, y'all on, you, bro, you represent something, something else. I ain't gonna, your people, the people love your music. We appreciate your music. Appreciate we you, appreciate man. what you stand All for, that partner. Shit. Yeah. But, you know, like, Nip was on a whole nother level. Stay you, you wasn't there. Stay but, your um, but, so, so to ease into the conversation, right? I think one interesting aspect of what people have been talking about is uh the question of well how many Nipsey Hustle songs you know, right? Like you know, well y'all ain't even y'all wasn't even talking about Nipsey Hustle until I you know all of all of that bullshit, right? Now 
I gotta ask y'all, where y'all like? Did y'all listen to a lot of his music? I did not listen to a lot of his music. I only heard his music when I was around. Mom said my boy Rasheed, you feel me? He was a Nipsey Hustle head. Shout out I, to I saw Ray. that. I ain't really listening to Nipsey Hustle like that. As a matter of fact, right now, I'll be hard pressed to even rap any verse from Nipsey Hustle. And I can tell you songs, it's because everybody been sharing so much. Similar, I I mean, honestly, living out here in Southern California, you definitely gonna get some, you jump in somebody else's car on the way somewhere, somebody else gonna go turn up, they gonna play some Nip, the same way they gonna play some YG, the same way they gonna play a couple other different artists, and so it's to be expected, but on my own leisure time, I definitely wasn't banging with them. I do know a lot of people from the town, shout out to Kansas City, um, banging really with Nip, yeah. and a lot of people who, you know what I'm saying, I... Uh, grew up with who I talk with they feel like they really speak he speaks the experience and the truth about what it looked like to grow up in the city to grow up in Kansas City uh, a big city as well as a small city all at the same time and really be out here trying to make something of yourself and of your future because you know it's more to it no, than more to it. you know getting lit up every summer and all the shootings and all the drama and all the crazy stuff a lot of you know my homies the people I grew up with his message resonates I got two homies at this point that I got niche tattoos shout out to Kali and shout out to I can't remember who somebody else on my timeline got one but I'm, they they really they feeling this one they grieving yeah. over this one you know what I'm saying yeah. and so I didn't personally listen but I tell you what if I, I didn't have victory on lap on my phone before but I definitely got that it's on my, on my thing now I've been slapping it I've been slapping it and I really it makes you sit back and think about what you missed out on definitely you know you the, the the generation of music and how rapidly we get it or whatever it makes it difficult to keep up with the next new hot thing and you say you you know the, the, this generation's Tupac and I'm like yeah nigga so is everybody else and so. You know, the luck of the draw didn't have me kind of listening and vibing, but I'm on the way now for sure. Yeah, and uh, and and me neither. Like I like uh, I got on Nipsey like a few years, like a long time, like the when he was on that we had that killer track, yeah. that killer track with Drake. Killer. Right? Like that was my shit. Yeah. yeah, you feel me? But I always thought like, dude, cool, but he not my type. Like he not yeah, my yeah, kind of rapper. Yeah, That's all it really was. Say real shit, but how he said it, 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 it He was one of those rappers like similar like the Twenty One Savage, Kevin Gates. I don't listen. Well, I probably listen to Twenty One Savage a little bit more, but I don't listen to like them niggas a lot. Yeah. But their in their interviews, I watch you yeah. because you learn more about them in their interviews than just listening to their music. And like one thing, Nipsey from the jump, he was always on some real shit in his interviews. Like he was always on something something that's empowering, especially when it come to, came to financial literacy. I know one of the videos that's going around this is a lot. His first video too. Yeah, like the, one of the one of his <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, he ain't got no hair. Looking like he looking like a young Snoop. No yeah, bullshit. Basically, yeah. With they, the cap, with the you know, he talking about at, like he already talking about as an up and coming liability. Talking about assets and liability. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm on a different thing. Basically, I find what it come down to is it don't it don't take no genes to be able to recognize what Nipsey Hustle meant to the neighborhood and meant to the community was much more than rap. You know what I'm saying? He had a real vision. He had real principles. He had real values. He had real perspectives that he didn't take. You know what I'm saying? A a a, a person that needs the hope. Really pay attention to a whole bunch of mixtapes to do. Yeah. When I seen that LAPD and he had whole whole ass bloods, he big cripping, you know what I'm saying? Mourning and crying, feeling in his heart, you know what I'm saying? That's what really touched me, you know what I mean? And really, with that being said, I feel like we should go on and start getting into a little bit of the more intense of the conversation. Because something I recognize with game is that it's something unique about when black when straight black men, when we when we show emotion and pain. It's some way that the world kind of recognized it. You know what I'm saying? Like when I see, when I heard Game, yeah, he like it, 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 hearing him, it almost brought me to tears because I heard how much pain was in his voice. Like felt I felt it. Felt I felt that. everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He was like, "Man, LA tripping, man. What the fuck?" Duh, duh, duh. Yeah. I was like, "It's on me, cause like when like when they came, it's really that affect because they not 
it, it ain't no amount of words that you can put together that can convey like how you feel. So you just you just say what you know. It's just like on oh, me, cuz that like tripping, cuz like oh, you me, just man. you like, saying yeah, he said, I'm riding down, I'm, I'm riding, I'm riding. I think he might say I'm riding down Slauson. It's four in the morning, I can't sleep. You know what I'm saying? My but the, making it intense though is if I'm being real. What's hurt me throughout most of this understanding of Nipsey Hussle was I, I have felt personally betrayed mm -hmm. from the murder of Nipsey Hussle because yeah. I felt like he was living in the hood. He was living for the hood, living by the hood. And what we know about what they say, what you live by, you die by, you live by the gun, you die by the gun. It messed me up in my heart, in my head to see that he put so much blood, sweat and tears and really hustle all off the muscle into right. the hood. And they even got murked in the hood. I mean, think about what. So there have been a thousand. We'll get into the various narratives and explanations of how stuff been playing out, true, false, and different, all of those things. But, uh, you know, the truth of what he was doing at his particular shop at the time that he got shot is something that sent chills. And that's what made, you know, the game kind of yeah, really had me. But that, that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. They said the only reason uh, that Nip was at the store at the time that he was there was that he got a phone call about one of his partners that he knew from like 20 years ago, ended up going to prison, got out. And was on the way to see his family. Wanted to jump clean real quick, make sure he looked good, was groomed up or whatever. Nip got the call and immediately hopped up and was like, meet me at the store. I'm going to get you right so you can go back home and be reintroduced to your community, to people who love you and care about you. I'm going to hold you down. And in, down. The, and in the midst of that, at the marathon store, that's when this joker walked up on him. They start having an exchange, whatever. He go walk away, come back. And the, the rest thing, is yeah. unfortunate history, right? But this shows you the fabric of the individual that we're talking about that is about that action. He just changed what that meant. What he to live and die by being about that action was completely different for him. He reappraised the whole concept by making sure that in opportunities and moments and spaces and places we can actually be the better version of Nip that he was trying to just just show the hood that it was possible to be. Yeah. He was on point and he lost his life because of that. So so you know every every time you hear more about like that like just that day in general. You know what I'm saying? You kind of it's 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 more upsetting. It's more heartbreaking. Yeah, you feel yeah. Me? Time too. And, and that's what and that's what make it more of like a a, a community mourning thing because it's just like the like the uh, what up, the, the story. You know what I mean? Like just everything surrounding it is so positive that it's like it's truly a tragedy. Absolutely. Given the tragedy. circumstances. Now you brought up betrayal, right? So I want to ask you straight up in terms of like how it went down. What is your perspective on the theories about why Nipsey was killed? I mean, I got, I got my perspective. Yeah, I mean, but how, how I, I feel like how I feel now that I've been able to think about it. It's Thursday. He got killed on Sunday. Mm -hmm. This is what I say. Even if we want, even if we believe that the government has something to do with it, we cannot ignore how the idea of crabs in the bucket or the idea of hate. And betrayal played into it because even if dude was a snitch and he worked for the government and he was conspiring to kill Nipsey and it was all a grand scheme plan, why was he a part of the plan? Why is it so easy for the law enforcement to go take somebody that looked like us to be able to get close to us to be able to do harm to us? Why was that such a thing that was rational and that we can go into 1968 and see film uh, and see niggas that was talking about infiltrating the Black Panthers, infiltrating you know what I'm saying, Nation of Islam and understanding how how come the laws know how to use us against you, each other i always one of the things that i've used this kind of logic i'm just this person i think about it when i hear crazy ad-libs and songs i think about it when i hear you know and watch and see masterpieces musically artistically whatever i'm like i wish i could have been a fly on the wall and this whole conversation makes me 
you know, wish I was a fly on the wall if the theory is true that this is some governmentally orchestrated, like, based on what y'all say and be a fly on the wall, be like, look at these niggas. We know how to get them. We know how to get them. Right? We'll just, you know how they do. You know what I'm saying? And that, and that really becomes troubling because white people really do think about us like and, that. And, 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 this is, and, and this is why I feel like, why I'm having a problem with the with the Dr. Sadie conspiracy theory. Yeah. It's because the last thing, like, when you disagree with, the, with that conspiracy, then it's all of a sudden, oh, you think the white man, you think you think the white man telling you the truth? You, Bro, first of all, you're talking to the wrong nigga, yeah. okay? Like, <laughs> hey, collectively, <laughs> all three of us collectively built our careers. Where we at right now in life came from us being able to intricately tie politically, socially, and economically how white supremacy and anti-blackness is always the root or at least the structural approximate cause to whatever the hell we're talking about. Whatever we so talking can about. miss us with all whatever of the sellout talk and all of the boogeyman, the white man, da 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 like, hold on, uh -huh. hold on. And, 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 <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And and it showcases a like that narrative showcases a fundamental misunderstanding of you know how these how these powers work. Yeah. You feel me? How what they see is a threat. Like the thing they've been handled, Doctor Sabi. They they know Doctor Sabi information out there. It's on YouTube. It's free. You feel me? Like you don't have to. You don't need a uh, uh, a Nipsey Hustle documentary to find out about that trial. You can find out everything you want about that trial yeah. right now through Google. Google ain't. You know what I'm saying? Like they ain't assassinating them. I did an experiment before I went live. I went to YouTube.com and typed in Dr. Sebi's name. He has over nine pages on YouTube of information of his teachings, talking about the alkaline diet, talking about curing people of AIDS, talking about curing people of cancer, saying the only sickness we have is the mucus, talking about how this this one you get kicked up. I want to hear you say because you know what I'm saying you 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 the female body right in this conversation. Do according to Doctor Sabi, your diet can manipulate your administration. To the point where it can stop it and saying that it's good because back in the ancient times, he heard that women only had menstrual cycles once every four years. Makes sure. sense. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And listen, man, my, my, my degrees ain't in science. You feel me? My shit's in arts and science. You, <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. you feel me? Liberal so, science. You know what I mean? Like Liberal science. science. So I keep that a stack. Yeah, you feel me? But I'm not no, I'm not fool though when it comes to science. And it don't take no genius to figure out, hey man, say man. Right. You wildin', bro. Yo. That's some pseudoscience shit. So Nipsey didn't stumble upon, like, the Ark of the Covenant. You know what I'm saying? This information. You feel yeah, me? Like, you know he, I mean? he didn't have, like, a wealth of knowledge that everybody else didn't already have. You know what I'm saying? It's right there. You feel me? So to so to blame, like, his assassination, as mm -hmm. I like to call it now, yeah. given a lot of how uh, this conversation is going, the documentary for, like, his death, and they even push it, like, the way that it's being pushed. But it, this Dr. Sabi narrative to be a part of the mainstream conversation is disrespectful to Nip. It's disrespectful to Nipsey. It's, not, it's yeah. disrespectful to his family because it 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 it, 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 it what it does is it romanticizes Dr. Sebi, but at the same time it uh it it it, it uh what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Help me gloss over it, really. I don't even want to say Literally. gloss over. Like it diminishes. <laughs> yeah. It yeah, diminishes the, like, the like actual like, actual like, actual happening. Right. It actually I just, happened. I mean, you know, it's been hard to find levity and, you know, the ability to laugh and joke about a bunch of things. But one of my favorite uh, tweets that I've seen or maybe, maybe the Facebook status is like, you got niggas. And this is the truth. You got niggas riding for Dr. Sebi and riding for all this hidden knowledge that's just so valuable that niggas need and you ain't drunk water in a week. You know what I'm saying? How are you riding so hard? I see. Hey, hey, how hey, are you, how do you have such an intimate relationship and value? 
to Dr. CB's practices and to, you know, uh, Nip and his relationship to it. You don't even, when's the last time you worked out for more than 20 minutes? That's what I'm saying, <laughs> like, man. you wouldn't, like, stop. Hold on. And then, and then, and then it's like, oh, oh, it's about eating vegetables, right? So, okay, we're talking about Big Pharma. What does Big Pharma do? They make chemicals. Absolutely. Right? They don't just make chemicals that's supposed to cure your body. They also make chemicals to preserve certain investments, such as pesticides to preserve the, the vegetables, vegetables that, that we, we get in the store, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, from being eaten by insects. They don't hear you. What about those pesticides, though? That shit is a, car uh, a, a, what, a carcinogen. A carcinogen. A carcinogen, whatever. However you pronounce it. We're not doctors. Thank you. Appreciate you. We're not doctors, though. But we understand, understand at least this basic shit. understanding As a matter of fact, this was gen eds. In all degrees that we got. <laughs> this was the general education. This is what you had to all learn. Of us, you had to learn to get to yeah. the upper division classes. Ultimately. You had to take these little classes to understand yeah. science and, and let me point And let me point this out to my conspiracy brothers out there. That is not saying that we believe everything that science says about, about the world, about people of color. You know what I'm saying? About any uh, of that. Again, us three collectively are natural skeptics. Like, we, 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 we skeptical. We skeptics. That's what we, 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 we skeptics. 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 That's yeah. what you say. Skeptics. Yeah. Meaning yeah. that we skeptical we, we of most of the information that we give. Yeah. That we were given. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, shit, we're not going to take face value question, everything we've given. Let me yeah. ask a question, though. Um, because in a world of conspiracy theories and how we, you know, are looking and appraising them now, looking at the facts and the reality that hating ass niggas is going to be hating ass niggas. So it's not a conspiracy. Niggas did that. Is there a grain of salt, though, that we are not offering to conspiracy in a world where we know what happened to the Panthers, where we know yeah, what happened with Tuskegee, where we know what happened in a whole bunch of different, and crack in, you know, crack yeah. in the 80s. Like, there are so many other examples of clear... No, no. Right, right, right. Like Martin Luther King and the FBI killing him. Like, that's why I don't want to be as swift to kind of slide out. Because, I mean, like, the way that you threaten it together might be something but the the relationship between niggas and conspiracy, I think we have to leave some space. But see, hold on. But the but the but the way that's the reason I said we have to deal with the jealousy and hate part, regardless. But but reason I said that way. But because we're gonna because that's gonna be a, another part of the yeah. conversation. But to what you're saying, that's why I'm saying the problem is the focus on the Dr. Sebi documentary yeah. and not yeah. everything yeah. else that would cause him to be a threat. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. The financial literacy. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? The investing in black neighborhoods. Yeah. Especially, I mean, because this, look, this is a conspiracy, yeah. right? They grow, they, they, uh, down there in, in Inglewood, the Compton area. They they build a hey, stadium. People don't know we are literally like thirty minutes away, away. from when he was slain. That you know what I'm saying. And see, like, we like we fifteen minutes away from where the nigga got caught. You feel me? Mean, oh yeah. Real. Like I'm talking about from my where my hotel is. But, every day I pass up the Bellflower exit on my way to here. And I've been here since what? Since since Wednesday. I've been seeing this shit blow my mind every time I see. This is this is a conspiracy. A conspiracy. A, a, a true consp a, a true conspiracy would be. Given the fact that they actually building these stadiums down here, because they building one for the Clippers too, uh -huh. you feel me? This land, this all this land, that that land, that, yeah. land in that area becomes more valuable. You feel yeah. me? Because they building this shit in the hood. So if you got a nigga that's buying all that shit up, you got to deal with him. You feel me? Yeah. To, to try to try to do anything. And, and then when you got a nigga that's telling other people that we need to buy yeah. this shit up, 
Because it couldn't be just be, oh, Nipsey doing this. It's like, he was nah. going deeper it's, than financial literacy. He's literally giving us game and talking about the actual tax cuts and tax initiatives for us to take advantage of to going buying land and going buying yeah, lots. Exactly. That shit dangerous. That's, that's the game. Now you're not. That's the better black conspiracy. Market, that's the better now you're not. You, know you literally it's, taking their paths and their loopholes to take their shit. And Dr. Sebi shit, that, that conspiracy no. water down your whole your whole perspective because it make it because it make me feel like you're not thinking critically about exactly. the end result and how it is. Exactly. So not even make you think like they they not thinking critically. <laughs> like it's you know what I'm saying? They it's not, not happening. <laughs> you feel me? So no, it's, no. it's they they looking for if they it, and I mean and it didn't it don't help that he was joking about you know if they yeah they, they take it, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying because that's the part right there I'm not going to ignore we can't ignore Nipsey's own words of being like hey my boy's been warning me telling me that me doing this documentary mm -hmm. is you know what I'm saying it's risky business yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not ignoring it you know what I'm saying I am still saying we three debate people so we're gonna look at the actual things you are using to tie your argument together just so if you tie that shit with bullshit and just in case y'all wondering here's a you know a, a sale for my particular field of uh, education and argumentation uh, it is argument right there are three parts to an argument you need a claim you need a warrant and you need some evidence right you gotta round it out examples only thicken the plot and make your mm -hmm. argument stronger so mm -hmm. a whole lot of those there's been disjuncts and connections a whole lot of claims and yeah. not no warrants a no whole warrants. lot of warrants but I don't really understand mm -hmm. what you're trying to get at it's you're speculation to get it's speculation like you hinting at shit and so you, you, you saying a whole lot without saying but it's I mean because like and, and then when we talk about blaming the white man yeah we blame the white man he like I mean, and we, when we say the white man, we definitely talk about whiteness, you know what I'm saying? Supremacy, like, like that. And, and, and yeah. ontological concepts. Systems we can get into that at another time. Yeah. But definitely, we're talking about a system that created the conditions that made, you feel me? Shit possible. To make, to make that mentality. Almost, almost like this. There's been a lot of talk about the mentality of crabs in a bucket ever since this happened. What we think about in terms of crabs in a bucket is everybody is talking about the problem being the crab or a problem with the crabs in the bucket analysis starts with the crab. Yeah. Our analysis will start with the bucket and how crabs natural habitat is not a bucket. damn bucket. Yeah. So we're going to think about how being in a bucket or how being, being in a particular environment forces you to act in a particular way. Yeah. I.e. being a hating ass, you know what I'm it's saying? It's the person? nigga that put the crab that the, put the crab trap in the sea is the problem. Yeah, you feel me? Like, like that's what... But you know, niggas don't and, think. And to be honest, not to make shit, not we not we not ridden responsibility from blackness or black people at all. That's why I started with talking about jealousy and talking about hate. Because people have we are, as as a community, I believe we we it's, it's more detriment to us to make this conversation be straight government conspiracy and not think about. And talk about specifically the violence that we do to each other. And I ain't talking about no surface black on black crime bullshit either. Because mm -hmm. we know that violence happens where you're approximate to. Like if I live by a whole bunch of Asians, I'm going to commit crime versus Asians. If I live by a whole bunch of white people, I'm mm -hmm. most likely I'm going to commit crime versus white people. Exactly. I'm not going to go to the other side of town and go commit a crime. Because I'm poor. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking at drastic times, call for drastic methods. So I'm not going to go way over to do this shit. I'm going to do it. You the next door to me, I'm going to rob you. You stay across from me for the kick your ass. I'm not gonna do it over there. Right, so, so that's what you know what I'm saying. So keeping that clear. So that so that segues mm -hmm. into the that segues into the next the next part of the Nipsey conversation. Mm -hmm. Um Nori uh was Noriega. Like mm -hmm. I feel like he had like like a really good take on it, you know, why like why he felt what was fucked up what happened the to betrayal, basically. Um and, and his point was that like he was saying Nipsey did everything right. He didn't sell out he, I mean, yeah, you know, of course he had, I, I mean, did, I did it's, it's, a, it's another level to talk about whether or not he was problematic, yeah, but, but, you know what I'm yeah. saying, Nori was making the point that Nipsey did everything right, he stayed connected to the hood, oh, he invested in it, 
I, sorry, I thought about the notion of being problematic in this this tweet can you know, yeah, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we gonna yeah. get, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Shit killed me. You know what I'm saying? He stayed connected to his hood. He, he invested in the hood. Yeah. He put Clearly the hood on. You know what I'm saying? All, all like he he, he did he, he did, did everything, everything he did right. Every all the principles the hood tell us in order for us to keep it one thousand right. with the hood, right. he kept those principles to his chest, to the T, to the T. And this is how he ended up. And so Nori's point was, Nori's point was, what's the point of keeping it real? You feel me? Like on some Dave Chappelle shit, when keeping it real go wrong, you feel me? Is this the extent of keeping it real? So, I mean, do we, do we put fault in the accessibility that the hood had to Nipsey given like his status? Like Grammy nominated artist, you feel me? Now, like he really is an investor in, 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 in the neighborhood. You know what I mean, the amount of money that he was getting, the relationships he was developing. Is there something to be said about people with that type of status keeping themselves accessible to hood shit? No, because I think the first criticism that you make of niggas who do, don't do that is look at this fake ass nigga. He got his shit. He hit a lick and got out. Now, I watched a video and I don't remember who was on this video, but they had a great, robust and very poignant statement about the problem with like taking issues with niggas trying to get out of the hood niggas rap hip-hop is not a, a path in it's a path out nobody does and gets into the game and switches up and moves away from a more violent uh, existence and a problematic existence to try to focus on their music if they're trying to stay there mm-hmm. right so the goal is always to get out but what getting out looks like for everybody is gonna be different mm-hmm. and subjective you know what i'm saying and so i think you nip was ha- having to hold that intention the way a lot of people who come up hold it intention the way that we have to hold stuff intention i get criticized all the time not only because i don't really have time to go home all the time but you live in california now and you you know what i'm saying yeah. there's a whole lot of weird you know explanations for why i do how i do and how i move how i move because i've experienced some type of elevation and so i think yeah. it's very dangerous to look at people and the hard work they do and the nights that they don't sleep that you don't get to see and the sacrifices they make and try to be critical of how they move because if those sacrifices if the things that i gave up have culminated in me staying on my block if that means i need to stay around it that's like that's just the trend how i translated my success mm-hmm. so the same way it's how i translated it if i decide to move to the suburbs and take my family about this shit all of it has to be fair game because the last thing we need to do is play both hands when we criticize a nigga for getting out the hood and we also look a nigga in the face and say, well, you dumb for staying there. What yeah. sense does that make? Yeah, and that's... But to me, that's literally, to me, that's literally the double bind, though, that I think us as niggas is put. That's why I think the question is really a double-edged sword. Because yeah. on one end, well, I, was, I, I think they be really... Put, that exactly. On one end, it's easy to pathologize yeah. each other because mm. really, we really measure success amongst black people based off how far you can be from black people. Mm-hmm. I'm seen as being successful in my hood and West Side of Brian because I don't get to be around a lot of niggas. The niggas see me around you a lot of white people all the time. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm seen as being successful. So I understand that my success is being measured based off my proximity to white, to people. white people means being how far I'm away from black people. You know what I'm saying? So that is a reality. I know that. Another reality though is to know like on some real shit, on some, like some intra some some intra intellect shit about niggas, we know that jealousy and envy come so natural. I seen a video of Boosie, and people that know me know I used to be a big Boosie head. Mm-hmm. But I seen some shit, you know what I'm saying, that he said that was real. He said that majority of rappers get killed in their hometown. Mm-hmm. 
And what he's saying about that is that what it come down to is like if I me and you was in third grade class to get a demo, but I'm in a different place than you, and you feel like shit, nigga. I went to school with you, you ain't shit. It makes you so you know what I'm saying? Make you question yourself, but mm -hmm. make you feel like nigga, you ain't nothing. Mm -hmm. I went to school with you, walk the same path. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So he creates that jealousy and envy off the top, and it's like nigga, you ain't shit. You think you're better than me? I'm gonna show you ain't better than me. You and know that's what I'm saying? Why, so that's a, the double-edged sword. It's like, I don't want to be in the hood, but... And that's why we definitely mean, like, have to... We have to... We got to change our relationship with the hood, right? Like, because one, the first thing we got to understand is that the hood is the environment. It's not the people. It is. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That's like, bucket. Yeah, I got like, something. I got a quote for y'all, too. You feel me? So, so from that standpoint is, we don't want the hood, right? We want a neighborhood. Like, we want somewhere where we feel we safe. We want community. We you want to see people who look like us. We exactly. want to Doing feel well. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Succeeding. Helping each other. You feel me? The hood. The hood got us selling dope to each other. Robbing each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, gambling. Like, it got us It got us in a situation where, like... We literally crabs in a bucket. In order for me to get out of the bucket, I got to put another nigga down. Right. Literally. Like, that's what you mean to kind of... That's what you, you know think. What I'm that's what you think. That's you feel you, me? Right. Buy into it. We condition. Right. I condition this condition. Exactly. But... If we able if we able to get out of that hood mindset, yeah. you feel me? Then we kind of shift away from that. The problem is that the people are there. So you yeah. gotta change that place. And then putting yourself in that place, you put You're yourself to in that proximity of life. Because one come thing to come to territory. Man, I'm telling you, growing up in Kansas City, the crazy shit was always the college student that came home to visit their family. You feel me? That's all. I mean, I, you can't even say Kansas City. That's just hood, hood shit in general. All the way around. When you go, like, literally, when you, like, I'm scared to come home because, like, nigga, I'm a, I'm a statistic. Like, me, literally. Like, the, the nigga who was just, like, he came home to visit his family and then some niggas just shot some shit up. And oh, the nigga lost his life. the wrong time and now he's facing an uh, indictment because, you know what I'm saying? Look, I'm coming home 19, 20, 21, 22. My mama up my ass. Where you going? When you coming back? Da, 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 da. You're not finna, you know, let them take away my investment. All the stuff we worked on, all the da, 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 mm -hmm. like legitimately, that's how quick niggas getting sucked up on the block. Hey, I'm not getting played. At all. Yeah, right. I, didn't even, I, didn't, I, I went to graduation, y'all, and went home. I didn't go to a senior party. I didn't go to a turn up. I, she was like, I wish I would do all this. She don't walk across that stage. You get shot for like Your my mama, but she was. Home. But that's how random it was. Yeah, random girls chilling, turning up, bah, just popping up dead. Yeah, getting shot, just, and just and minding their own business at the party. They from a bigger town. I'm from a small country town. I've only been to jail one time in my life. I went to jail my freshman year at OU, and in front of my house. I'm about to go back to school in a week. You know what I'm saying? So just understanding how the pitfalls of your own hometown, where you more familiar, where you didn't grow up, where you didn't kind of got your understanding of yourself one in the, the world. It can be one of the scariest places to be when you grown. I can tell you right now, I'm a grown ass man right now with kids and a wife. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking when I go back to Brian, I keep my nose clean in every way imaginable. But I still be paranoid and low-key kind of traumatized because I know it don't take much of nothing for me to be on jail times and for me to be a George Lee Jr. X, Y, and Z and it'd be nothing. So yeah. it's just like, you know? Boy, and before you get that quote, yeah. I just want, I'm going to say this. The, the One of the things that Nori said about, you know, why we appreciate Nipsey is because he had his story like right there on Slauson and Crenshaw. Like, right there in the middle of the hood that he grew up in, yeah. you feel me? He could have had this shit in Beverly Hills. Calabasas. He could have had this shit in Hollywood. Yeah, like, like, shit, out there in Orange County. Diamond Bar. But he had this shit right there in the hood, you feel me? And 
And that's where he lost his life. You feel me? So, so it's like that's, that's what messed me up about it. It's like if I went back to Brian, I, I went. I, I want to be a mine on West Side. You know, say MLK in Texas. Yeah. You feel me? Where I grew up at, where I had to run from. Where I was at, I went right there. I ain't go to you know what I'm saying to 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 to, to, to way over here to do my shit. I get, I get killed where I spent my whole life. Yeah, and on the nigga that you was putting on, on the nigga you was putting on. Not go so, I didn't catch the interview. This is a tweet that I'm reading. Y'all know I pull a lot of my business off of the tweeter. Um, and I don't mess with Charlemagne at all. Good. Not even a little bit, right? I just don't like how the nigga move. I don't like his <laughs> politics. I don't like how he deal with people. I don't like Charlemagne. But he says this. So, this tweet said this. Charlemagne said, we got to heal. Because if not, we're going to have another generation of trauma passing itself off as culture. And that really fucked me up because that might be the realest shit that man has ever said. And I couldn't retweet it quick enough. Because, again, and I'm going to repeat it. Apparently, Charlemagne said, we got to heal because if not, we're going to end up, we're going to have another generation of trauma passing itself off as culture. We're going to have a whole another generation, and this is another conversation, hood politics, not snitching, but a whole another generation of people losing their lives, brothers, sisters, cousins, uncles, nephews. Shout out to my man's doc who lost his brother in the city most recently. I'm feeling for you, homie. And the reason why is that this is what we do. It becomes, you yeah. know, the same way that we become desensitized to mass shootings mm -hmm. and to conversations about terrorism, mm -hmm. whatever the hell that is. It, it is because it is our culture. It's, it's what kinda, we do as Americans. Yeah. It's what happens here. It's a part of it. In a lot of ways, a lot of nigga shit is a lot of traumatic and, shit. And that's some, and so to take that shit to the, to like, it's, it's deeper level. It's like, it's literally... You know, the 90s is defined by losing Pac and Biggie. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what it's defined by. Literally. Like, or not even just Pac and Biggie. Easy E. You feel me? Big L. Like, you feel me? Like, all them legends, you feel me? And so... It was got took too early. Yeah. And, and, but see, that's what we call the golden era. You know what I mean? But, like, it's it's defined by, like, that type of pain. Like, that, yeah. Them, them traumatic pain experiences. Literally. Them traumatic experiences. But... The problem, the reason why we, like, uh, why he's saying it's so relevant, what he's saying is so relevant is because now we, with, with Nipsey, we had somebody who actually was more impactful. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't, like, not the, I don't want to say one death is more valuable than, than another one. Mm -hmm. um, but when you but juxtapose, like, when you juxtapose uh, XXX and Tension mm -hmm. with, uh, with, with Nipsey, right Okay. Like, yeah, the X. XXX Tentacion. Tentacion. Yeah, him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, just, I mean, I don't want to just, yeah. you know what I mean? But, to him too. Yeah, yeah, speaking of, it's But, you feel me, when you juxtapose that, like, what happened to X, like, it was sad. It's like, damn, that was yeah. senseless. You feel me? Shit happened on my birthday. That's, it's crazy. But given the, the, the ripple effect and the impact that Nipsey had, not just on, like, his, his, his hood, but, like, just rap culture period yeah. like that's that's that make that's what make that shit a tragedy definitely, you feel definitely. me because it ain't just like oh damn these people like with x is like oh these people lost his family mm -hmm. like with with a nigga like nip like it's more like we lost a, a, leader. a leader yeah we literally leader. did you know one of the the biggest questions i had and of course everybody has a different icon a different person well, who they really is. i don't know uh, a different person who where your, where your question at page can folk go and put it on there i don't see your question there's a different interpretation or analysis of uh, who is a leader, right? And any, I'm just trying to figure yeah, it out. Right, yeah. um, but who is a leader? And one thing I always wondered was who would we be able to say? Like, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, MLK, Martin Luther King, the Panthers, we were able to see, like, directed, pointed, they are running shit and speaking on our behalf, speaking truth to power, making moves, whatever, whatever. And I think, you know, the nature of 
uh, uh, social media activism, the nature of a bunch of different shit mm-hmm. makes it hard to I, pinpoint one leader mm-hmm. really moving any particular movement. Yeah. We try to do that with Black Lives Matter and then a thousand different offshoots that happen. So we yeah. never really so identify one particular matter, leader. Exactly. Matter. And then all of a sudden, Black Lives Matter politics, some of it was like, okay, I don't really bang with that yeah, as a black yeah. person. Like, we matter, but that's too much. But then yeah. also, you criticize people for being too hard. And I say all this to say, I think we might be able to walk away saying that is a heavy voice. Like, not just a presence in hip-hop, not just a, a cultural ambassador, a cultural icon, but, like, but I really feel like, you know, for niggas and what liberation looks like in the 21st century, it's nip. It's accomplishments. It's being put in the Congress, put in congressional record. You know what I yeah. That? yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's big. But look, th- this is the thing, though. The problem, though, is that it ain't until now that a lot of people even even know about this shit, right? Even know about like a, a lot of his efforts, and that's because it's not public. Nah, man. That, uh, hey, hey, now this is what you say is simple. This is where you quote your boy J Cole. What's the line? Either you die before your time, or they, or you, you probably fucking it up. Whatever it is, but I get the sentiment. You know yeah, what I'm saying? You, like you die before your time, and you guys a legend. You know what I'm saying? Or you live a long life, and you some is kind of yeah, like it's, like. it's something like that, but. But what it is though, what I'm but what I'm more speaking to is like when it comes to social media and social media culture, mm-hmm. we get so caught up in slanderous shit that we don't get to talk enough about the Nipsey hustles. You feel yeah. me? Like about like I mean, I mean because it's not the like state, the state of niggas. Go back to uh, Sarah Setti and uh, Umar Johnson. <laughs> like yeah. we should have been. We needed an opportunity to have black intellectualism get credibility again, right? Yep. And we needed a way and inroads to get to the Wildersons and Sadia Hartmans and the Winters and whatever. Yeah. And that could have been a very material way to combine generationally relevant conversations with black scholarship. But instead, we watch the niggas debate each other and sound stupid and make niggas look right. dumb in the process. Talking about yeah. fighting each other instead of talking about some real intellectual building, like iron, iron, iron shopping iron type shit. But hey, 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 but to take that quote though from uh, from uh, from uh, Charlemagne a little bit further something i've been thinking about deeply is that i had shared a uh, facebook uh, uh like like i don't call it a meme a uh, post shout out to my nigga uh, uh gazi you know what i'm saying it was, it was i thought it was funny you know but some of my you know what i'm saying people that kind of have this you know identity push push me a little bit and i and i and i kind of I, I allowed myself to be pushed and i went and read it mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so the shit that i shared was my nigga Ghazi, you feel me? Uh, uh, self-identifying, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Proud gay black man, you feel me? Said, hey, let the hood mourn Nipsey Hustle. Your grandma was homophobic and we let you, you know what I'm saying, celebrate More that bitch, right. basically. Yeah. You feel me? Hold <laughs> on. That's exactly what you said. Hold yeah. on. I found it funny because this is a gay person With the backdrop. saying the shit, you feel me? The backdrop is, though, you know what I'm saying, is that, it's how I understand it. What's messing me up so much about this Nipsey shit is that I feel betrayed. So I seen I seen a tweet that posed the question. Imagine being murdered or being violence being placed upon you on the same people that you're trying to help and liberate. Right. right? So I thought about it in terms of black women and in terms of black LGBTQ people, period. Yeah, you feel right. me? And what it came down to is these the people that always already gotta carry around that betrayal because the same people that they fighting on the front lines for is the same person that most likely be the first person to to edit to, to whoop that ass and kill them. You now, feel me? And that, that's the part that made me really come full circle on this shit about being feeling betrayed and envy and jealousy. But the part because I believe it's at the heart of that shit. But see the part the part the part that you that, that you didn't you know what I'm saying that you missing is explaining 
the like the homophobic aspect of yeah. the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So Nipsey Nipsey uh had tweeted something about like yeah, he believed yeah, in the, he believed in the gay agenda. Yeah, you feel me? Nipsey pretty much believed in the gay agenda. He felt like like there was a that like you know he said like he said I don't look down on you know what I'm saying gay people. But yeah, he believed in the gay agenda. Like they did come out and, they pushed and tried to try to try to make it seem like it was something you know that was being yeah. pushed. Like they putting gay gay people gay because then he'll say I don't have nothing against you know what I'm saying I got uh, family. I got at all like this. But I do believe that it's an agenda to emasculate black men and make it where we seen as not being uh, as always being thugs or being homosexual. You know what I'm right. saying? He did. He did say that. Right. He tried to retract and try to apologize type shit. I, I my wife kind of got on my ass on it. I think that she, you know, what I'm saying valid. But I think I'm. I give Nipsey the benefit of the doubt in saying that I think that he was going to be able to grow from that if he wasn't murdered right now. I mean, I mean, you know which I'm I, and I also and feel it like could be me giving too much benefit of the doubt. I mean, but I'm thinking that because to me, he showed me he was always financially li- literate. But he's just starting to get culturally, even to that literate, even to that question, even to that question. The the point guys, the point guys he's making though is that. He gone though, yeah, you feel gone. me? And so, even though we have, even though we have relate, like we have relationships with problematic people, it's as simple as that. So I don't me? know if y'all remember because this is a, this scenario kind of reminds me of how we looked at Stefan Clark who got shot in the back up in the bay, mm-hmm. right? And then we seen all his tweets, you yeah, know, about just, black women, yeah, just shit, being yeah. trashed to black women, and half the people was like, "Nah, that nigga was trashed to black women. Black women labor hard for black men. This is fucking problematic in a world where we he's showing us who he is, yeah. and it's forcing us to question our relationship and politics to ride out for niggas in their unique targeting by the powers that be." On the other hand, niggas was like, he died so young. He had time to grow. We can't really underestimate the room and the space that he had to become this different person. And I was left unresolved then. I feel left unresolved too. I like, I really don't know. I'm not really into injecting a veneer of anything mm-hmm. onto somebody's narrative. Yeah. Like, Everybody yeah, has possibility. Like, I could be a millionaire tomorrow. I could right, be broke right, today right, and right. I could have been a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah. Does that mean I was a millionaire today? Hell yeah. no. I mean, I think... And yeah. so, to, to project onto somebody that's, that's said, something that's not their state of affairs by the time yeah. they get up out, how do you know a tree but the fruit, but by the fruit that is barren? Now, this is the thing. I think people... Come on now, Toya. That's, I think, that's word. I think when we get into these conversations, people lose sight of the fact that there are things like interpersonal relationships. Right, like when we start talking about when we start talking about racism, homophobia, transphobia, any of those, you know, what I'm saying isms and phobias, yeah, especially well, dealing with gender and sex. Right, specifically. what we talking about? We talking about social constructs, institutional yeah. issues. You know, what I'm saying because when we talk about social issues, we talk about institutional issues because you know, what I'm saying it's, it's, that's, that's how that's how those uh, things manifest themselves. Exactly. So what happens is we develop interpersonal relationships. That are that are created outside. I mean, now they're they're interwoven, but the foundation of those relationships are outside of those structural. You know what I'm saying? Institutions. So, for example, like as I fuck cops, right? Yeah. But if my uncle is a cop, I love my motherfucking uncle. You feel me? Yeah. Like, and so cops may be problematic, but if a nigga, you know what I'm saying, saying fuck all cops, I'm gonna be like, that's my uncle. You feel me? When we when we look at something like Nipsey, based on his like his status. Uh, not, 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 and not his status, based on his works, like how he carried yeah. himself, like like what he did. What he was doing. People developed an interpersonal relationship with, with like that's what, really what like with who he was, yeah. like, and that's how leadership works. Because yeah. like we shouldn't have the expectation that our leaders are perfect. We shouldn't have the expectation that you know what I'm saying that we that you know all of a sudden they know all of everything and can move through any of these social issues unblemished, right? We we people. Like we have, we're we're socialized. We have biases, 
That's a part of the game, you feel me? But we got to understand that about the people that that we call leaders. So that's why when, you know, shout out to Amber, she kind of called me out. And she called out everybody mm-hmm. for for calling Nipsey Hussle and, and like, a, like a leader. And me quoting Kodak Black, you know what I'm saying, giving, you know, his shit. But at the same time, what we got to understand is that, like, that, that leadership is derived from shit more than just, like, whether or not they fit. Like they check all the boxes correctly. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like that ability to motivate niggas to move. You feel me? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, so moving forward, you know, there's been a lot of suggestions for the uh, intersection of Slauson and Crenshaw to become Nipsey Hustle Boulevard Avenue, something like that. Um, Nick Cannon has taken on the Sebi documentary, right? You know, which I think is powerful and amazing because in the spirit of the marathon continuing, there is intentional work to make sure his legacy doesn't die. I think I read that Jay-Z um, has come up with a $15 million trust fund for Nipsey's kids. Uh, I also saw, uh, what else did I see? Uh, a bunch of just different, uh, I think Kansas City had a balloon release for Nipsey Hustle. If you uh, haven't yeah, Morehouse seen, and uh, Morehouse and um and uh, like two like two two black universities in Atlanta did like the time the whole university came out and released they blue balloons and all this or whatever. Really, you see the solidarity and coalition building that his death has really been able to make in the community uh-huh. and made it where I'm talking about. I see I seen a uh, blood uh-huh. and Crips. In, in uh, New York, yeah. came out with a video. They about the, they flags hanging and banging. Yeah. They in the video. I'm talking about going dumb with each other, having a great time though, and they representing their shit. And it's not friction. It's not violent. It's not tense. But they different though. Comments you know say Houston held some stuff down. We saw Dave East, you know, Dave talking East about you know and holding it down at the rallies in New York. Blue uh, flag banging. Hey, I mean, all efforts big and small. I saw a Facebook post that said uh, my homegirl uh, said that at her church. Her pastor prayed for Nipsey Hussle and his family. You know what I'm saying? And prayed for the or prayed over the whole situation and just pastor. sent love and life, you know, to the whole situation and everything that that was about. And so this is amazing to me. Right? I think I am in love with our ability to come together. It's late as a bitch. Like we I really wish we could come together in other contexts and way before people have to lose their lives on how to fix and resolve the state of affairs of what Charlemagne said is is the trauma versus the culture right we are in a state of trauma we are not in the culture the culture right migos kind of coined that phrase and was like are we doing it for the culture what are we doing and what are we doing it for and so i hate that this ensemble of questions is coming now but i really i'm hopeful right i think this is a part if if you know anything about academic articles and if you don't don't feel bad right there's an introductory statement there's a section in the middle where we get into the nuts and bolts of what we've investigated and then toward the end it's future research Right. So if I was, you know, uh, doing this like an academic paper, I would really, I guess, wonder and even be optimistic or hopeful for what's next for Mm -hmm. hip hop as a culture. I know a whole lot of music is going to come out now. And one of the things I really enjoyed about this whole issue or what I found heartening was that while I didn't listen to Nip specifically, a lot of my favorite artists did. Had special moments, had Mm -hmm. videos I had never seen, had pictures I had never seen. And so he had an impact. And in the future, I'm really hopeful from my perspective, and I want to know what y'all hopeful uh, for in terms of black folk, Nip, and, and moving forward from this, if he truly is our generation's Tupac. I personally am hopeful that, A, as we hear more music come out, it starts to be reflective of a lot of what Nip's messages were, right? I hope they call him out by name. Mm-hmm. I hope they shout him out for really, and I think a lot of people are, because it's just, I, I, I think even YG said he had a song or an album coming out, he pushed um, it back. and he pushed it back. 
him and him and boy Q. Yeah, to mourn and to really deal with it. But I hope that as a re re result of pushing it back, they're not pushing it back to sit on their hands and to to not be yet. sorrowful. But they're like really continuing the marathon. Yeah. Whatever that looks like for them and whatever context that they have, my hope is that I st we start to see tangible, palatable material, uh, uh, palpable rather, not palatable, but palpable changes in, in what our hip-hop culture looks like. You know what I'm saying? I want to fall back in love. I like hip-hop. I like hip-hop culture. I want to love it again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, and, and things have made it difficult for that. And, and my only hope is that the whole culture can come back to this piece of, of a center and do it in the name of Nip. If for nobody else, do it because do it for Nip. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful about. I'm hopeful about. You know, what I'm saying the direction of the culture as well, um, because as, as like we said, as much as we, as much as nobody wants to be a martyr, like what, you know, when we get one, like what they represent, you know, what it's comes powerful, after right? is, is extremely yeah, it's powerful. It's, yeah, it's and when important. you and when you look at people like uh, Twenty One Savage and his like Situation, bank account yeah. initiatives. And him pushing that, um, pushing so that, that financial, financial literacy, literacy shit. that same mentality. You start to see these brothers like having that type, like having that shift. And with Nipsey doing what he was doing, just like on some G shit, like low key, and not even to say low key, but not yo. Know, I'm not asking for Instagram. I'm not asking yeah. for, but like just doing it. Just now doing that it. we like now with him passing, it's highlighting more of what he did. I mean, like we too. can only like. It's safe to assume that it's gonna reverberate through the culture, yeah. and you're gonna to start to see that that impact on like the the type of music that comes out, what niggas choose to focus on. Like, cause I seen, a, I definitely seen a meme that was talking about uh, how they don't know how many Nipsies they didn't just birth. Yeah, based yeah off I definitely seen that. It was tough too. That was so, deep. so you know, I'm 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 hopeful about shit moving forward, but it's just it's just it's just sad that it takes shit like this to highlight. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this in George Lee fashion right here. You feel me? You see, I'm patting my head and rubbing my belly at the same time. So, how I'm gonna answer this question is I believe that this Nipsey Hustle shit can show us that we can always be critical about how we internalize in black inferiority, yeah. meaning how we fucking each other up. But we also it. can be mindful of how the government is doing up, it man. at the same time. You, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the simultaneous mess up. Sometimes it don't be consistent. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think there is a way for us to simultaneously be able Able to talk about how niggas get in the way of niggas while also be able to talk about how white supremacy and white folks get in the way of niggas and not making the words either one or the other it can be both you know what i'm saying yeah. that's the main thing that's been irritating me about this conversation where i was at first i was thinking like how i'm gonna do this podcast for this episode in terms of how much am i going to engage this conspiracy talk about whether the government did it or not yeah me knowing what i know about white supremacy r.i.p fred hampton r.i.p you know what i'm saying Huey p newton Martin this nigga mark the king michael x we can keep on naming a whole Mary bunch Evan. of people you know what i'm saying uh, even you know what i'm saying the marsha you know what i'm saying John, i can name a whole bunch of people you know what i mean bland, you feel me? But but it come down to, you know what I'm saying, even when you talk about informants or whatever, what is it about black people that make it so easy for us, you know what I'm saying, to take another one of us down based off of how we look? I believe it's self-hatred. But also, you know what I'm saying, how does the government, how does external things from us also play into that shit? I'm hopeful that we can have a better analysis when we start talking because inevitably some shit going to happen again. Right. Inevitably. She's going to hit the fan. Somebody's going to get killed. It's going to be important. It's not going to be important. She's going to happen again. We need to be able to have a conversation to be able to hold us accountable while simultaneously being able to hold the system accountable for what it's doing to us and how we how we doing to each other. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It can be a, a, a complex thing happen at the same time. It's not a forced choice. It's, it's not either the government killed this nigga or a nigga killed this nigga. It can be, hey, that was together. And mm. sometimes when it comes to crabs in the bucket, the crab helps out the structure of the bucket. 
Yeah. And sometimes hating niggas helps out the structure of the hood to keep us down, to keep us dehumanized, to keep us lacking resources and opportunity. Nigga getting away. You feel me? And help a white man make it where they do it. And then, you know, that's my hope. You know what I'm saying? I know that's not as uh, fluffy, but it's just real. That's really what I hope, though. I really hope that we can have a simultaneous criticism to make it with shit. And, you know. Hey, man. Hey, miss me with that. Like, chill on the Dr. Sabi shit, bro. Like, if, 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 if I could leave niggas with anything, it's like, it's so much deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? It's so much deeper than that. I just want to leave y'all with some hope. I feel like Nip would have done it, and as, as a matter of fact, he did. The math on this is very simple. Dedication, hard work plus patience. So if you are, you know, in a place where you're trying to figure out either where to go from here and that'll be lost Nip, or maybe you're a new fan and you're just trying to figure out where to go from here in your real life, you got the <laughs> equation. Hey, yeah, man, hey, hey, shout, hey, shout yeah, out to my dogs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I know Keevan got dogs, too. That's why he, he's a yeah, dog number like, two. You know what I'm saying? I'm, hey, I'm, hey. I'm trying to focus. This nigga yeah. want attention. Hey, what y'all don't understand is we got the world's biggest dog and the world's smallest dog. <laughs> in the same world. place right now. It's, a, it's, a, it's about an 89, 80-something, 80 80-plus 80 pound difference between yeah. these two dogs in this world. My last statement too, I guess I can keep it hopeful. Uh, instead of kind of building a resentment for the hood because we felt like the hood took away one of our leaders and took away, you know what I'm saying, somebody who really was giving us light. Yeah. Let's not further pathologize the hood and allow the hood to be a community that has individuals in every community has idiots. You know what I'm saying? So let's not plague the whole entire community for what one person did, you know what I'm saying, putting the trigger. It wasn't most people that pulled the trigger. It was one person that pulled the trigger. So, you know what I'm saying, to leave some hope, we still should have some hope in the hood and not make it where we have too much resentment and distrust for the hood to make it where we just completely abandon it. And that's why we have the issues that we have and make it where Nipsey seems so as being unique because it's like, hey, once you make it out, you ain't supposed to come back around there. Let's make it a norm to make it where when you get you a degree, when you get you a, a, a contract, when when you get wherever you're trying to go, it's a part of your duty to go back to the hood and show that little black girl, show that little black boy, to show that little gender non-forming, that, that little transgender black person that, hey, this is what it's like to be, you feel me, to have a degree, to have to to have a tax cut, to show us some different shit, you feel me? Don't leave us, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that all of us got to keep in mind. Man, it's been real. It's been amazing, y'all. Thank y'all. It's late than a month. For everybody that was able to That's stay out there. You know and it's, hey, it's, it ain't a shout out It's the late edition. For real. Yeah. And we, the I mean, edition. these days, these debate days is long. They start oh. early. I think my feet hit the flow at 6. We've, we've been oh, six. rocking since, we've been rocking six. since like really 5.30, 5.35. Hey, yesterday's name, Keevan. Keevan, Keevan Monroe. Keevan Monroe, yeah, shout out to you. You got to go to the job, but hopefully you go to the job with us on your heart. We salute yeah, you. We love you. You out there on the grind. Everybody else watching, it's nothing but love. GeorgeLeeSpeaks.com. Holla at your boy. Hey, if you missed this episode or pieces of it or the earlier part of it, you jumped on late, don't even worry about it. I'm going to try to get this up for y'all on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts hey, tomorrow. It's going to be easy peasy, so y'all be on the lookout and share this thing. We need to have a global conversation about how to move yeah. from culture to healing from trauma. Right, 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 right. right. We ain't got to live like this. Add the so Facebook page. Add us on Instagram. The Chop Up Show on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, the YouTube, the YouTube link will be coming soon. Coming soon. You feel me? The Chop Up will be on YouTube soon. Uh, we love our Facebook family. You feel me? We trying to grow though. Yeah, you know I mean, so hey, we ain't gonna be in Facebook though. Listen, we've been loud. We're gonna go ahead and soon. We're gonna sing it soft. One, two, three. This is a chop up, try to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Hey, hey we out, y'all.
Good night. Finito. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.